I'm sorry. Do I know you? It's me, Dad. James. Who are you? I'm your son, Dad. No. No, no! You're trying to confuse me! I'm sorry. Who are you? It's just that I forget things. Hi, my name is Tim McCann. My name is Logan Perry. And we are bringing you another edition of the Neuroethic Podcast. This time on neuroepigenetics of Alzheimer's. That clip you just heard was from Forgotten, a short film produced by Skyfall Productions. And it is the story of a man with Alzheimer's disease and the struggles that come with it. I know this may sound like a weird question, but for those who don't know, what exactly is Alzheimer's disease? Not at all. That is a great question. Alzheimer's disease is a type of dementia. The main defining symptom of Alzheimer's is memory loss, and it usually gets worse over time. It may seem like a distant problem, but actually it's more common than you think. Actually, Alzheimer's disease affects millions of people all over the world and is the sixth leading cause of death in the United States. It's a major problem that is currently met with few solutions. Nearly 10% of adults over the age of 65 suffer from Alzheimer's disease, and the risk only increases with age. Nearly 45% of those over 85 suffer from Alzheimer's, and since people are currently liver living longer than in the past, the prevalence of Alzheimer's disease has increased. Wow. And this problem affects so many people, there must be some sort of treatment for it, right? Surprisingly, no. There are no known treatments that can reduce symptoms and improve quality of life. Since Alzheimer's disease is a progressive disease, patients who suffer from it will continue to get worse and worse. This can begin with minor memory impairments and proceed to the development of dementia, behavioral problems, and mood problems. But do you think these impairments are the same as normal aging? Uh, no. The changes that occur in Alzheimer's disease are not associated with normal aging. Whereas normal aging can cause like minor memory issues such as forgetting a name or an appointment and then remembering it later, patients with Alzheimer's disease have more significant impairments. They may not be able to hold the conversation repeat. They might sorry. They may not be able to hold a conversation, repeatedly ask the same question, or even forget family members as well, like you saw in the clip. Oh wow! How do you think their family and friends are affected by their disease? Actually, for many patients with Alzheimer's disease, their family or friends may become their caretakers as they're no longer able to do their daily tasks on their own. This can create a financial burden for those caregivers who are making low wages or no money, no money at all. I think I've also heard that there are high costs associated with providing healthcare to people with Alzheimer's disease. Yeah, according to beingpatient.com, Alzheimer's has cost the U.S. $277 billion in 2018. Wow, with such a large impact to society, many people must have questions about this, right? Yeah, a common question I've been asked a lot is, what exactly is Alzheimer's doing to the brain? Like, how is it causing the memory loss slash behavioral problems? I'm not really sure how Alzheimer's disease causes memory loss, but we do know that it does impact areas of the brain that are responsible for cognition and memory. These regions of the brain can include the temporal and parietal lobes, as well as parts of the frontal cortex and Dante gyrus. Since Alzheimer's is a neurodegenerative disease, it causes irreversible damage to neurons and the connections between them. Oh, so that's why Alzheimer's gets worse over time. Yeah, more and more neurons are damaged over time, and you can actually see this loss of neuronal density using an MRI scan or by analyzing a postmortem brain sample. Do you know if these changes in Alzheimer's disease are caused by genetic factors? 
Well, well, it's not as simple as that. Many factors are involved, such as genes, the environment, and lifestyle factors. However, they have identified one gene associated with Alzheimer's. It's called the apolipoprotein gene. What's that? It is a gene that is important for cholesterol transport, and there are three different forms or alleles of it. What are the three alleles? They are E2, E3, and E4. Studies show that there's a larger correlation between having the E4 allele and having Alzheimer's. So does this mean if I have the E4 allele that I for sure will get Alzheimer's disease? Uh, no. Inheriting the allele does not mean that someone will for sure develop the Alzheimer's disease. There are many other factors that play into the role, such as other genes, lifestyle, and actually epigenetics. Oh, I've heard about epigenetics. Overall, epigenetics is a way to change expression of genes without modifying the sequence of DNA. So what you're saying is basically epigenetics is a study of how much slash which gene is getting used rather than which genes we actually have? Yeah, that's right. It involves the study of the modifications that can alter the expression of genes, such as the markers that are added to DNA or the proteins that it wraps around. Wait, so this means DNA is wrapped around proteins? Why is that? So we all know that the cells within our body must contain our DNA, and the DNA is stored within the nucleus. But did you know that if the DNA from one cell was laid out flat, it would extend nearly three meters? Wow. How can all of that fit inside something so small, like the nucleus? That's what the proteins are for. Our DNA must be very tightly wound up and compacted in order to fit inside the very small nucleus. It does this by repeatedly coiling, first around itself and then around other proteins until it is small enough to fit. So if the DNA is so tightly wound up, how can it be made into RNA and proteins in the first place? Great question. This is why epigenetics is so important. Cellular markers such as methyl groups or acetyl groups can be attached to the DNA itself or the proteins that stabilize the compacted DNA. When these marks are added or removed, it can alter gene expression by altering the accessibility of the transcription machinery. I've heard about that. The transcription machinery is, is responsible for making RNA and proteins from the DNA sequence. Exactly. The type of proteins that are made, as well as the amount, are essential for maintaining proper functioning of the brain and body. So what controls which genes are made into proteins and which are not? That's where epigenetics comes in. The methyl and acetyl groups I mentioned earlier function as either on or off signals when attached to the DNA. Specifically, when methyl groups are added to DNA at sites known as CPG islands, the genes are turned off. Why would adding a methyl group turn off the gene? This is because that DNA methylation promotes even tighter coiling of the DNA, which makes it even less accessible to transcription machinery and therefore unable to be made into protein at all. Wow, wow. this process seems very important. I bet a lot of problems can happen if this regulation of these modifications occur. Correct. Research has suggested that this dysregulation is important to consider in the development of Alzheimer's. They have even identified specific genes which are important for memory and cognition to be involved with this. Different patterns of methylation of the HOCs and APP genes have been linked to Alzheimer's disease as well as Down syndrome. So in Alzheimer's disease, these epigenetic modifications are able to turn off genes necessary for neuron health and then turn on the genes that may be harmful to the brain? Exactly. Let's consider BDNF for an example. BDNF plays an important role in the growth of neurons and the maintenance of neurons. But people- There are no different stores. Imagine that this is the only store anywhere in like a million mile radius. Oh no, so how will we get more bricks? We can't. And eventually our house loses more and more bricks over time until eventually we no longer have a house at all. Oh, okay, so this makes sense. 
So this is what happens in the neuron. The neuron is the house, in this case, and to do maintenance, the neuron orders more BDNF as needed. One day, the neuron will probably try to order more BDNF as usual, but the DNA, or the store in this case, has decided they are no longer making bricks slash BDNF. Yeah, specifically in the paper, Environment, Epigenetics, and Neurodegeneration, a focus on nutrition in Alzheimer's disease. The authors were able to demonstrate the impact of B12 levels, alcohol consumption, and heavy metal exposure on DNA methylation. The impact, they impact the ability of methyl groups to be available or to be added to the DNA at all. By impacting DNA methyltransferases, which are responsible for transferring the methylation signal to the DNA. That's really interesting. So are they saying that if I drink a lot of alcohol, I could get Alzheimer's? Not exactly. Similar to the apolipoprotein gene discussed earlier, consumption of alcohol is one of many, many factors that are involved in Alzheimer's disease. The genetic, environmental, lifestyle, and epigenetic factors together all play a role in the development of Alzheimer's disease, and it is important to note that no single factor alone is enough to cause the development of Alzheimer's. Hmm. Hmm. I guess there's still a lot unknown about Alzheimer's, considering that a lot of the epigenetic stuff that we talked about here was specifically about DNA methylation. There are still many more different types of epigenetic changes that could be caused by Alzheimer's that we don't know about. Yeah, for sure. This is why there still needs to be more research dedicated to understanding what is changing during Alzheimer's disease. This would allow us to better prevent, treat, and cure this disease to improve the quality of life of the millions of people who are affected by it. Well, hopefully current and future research will provide more insight into this topic. That way we can avoid the many situations like the one presented by Skyfall Productions heard in the beginning of the podcast. Well, that's all the time that we have left. Again, I'm Kareem Akani. And I'm Logan Perry. And thank you for listening to the Neuroepigenetics of Alzheimer's.